welcome to Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm your host as usual, Amanda, aka Buster Might, and some of my fave boys are joining me on this episode today. We've got a whole bunch today. I feel like I'm impressed by how many people are on this podcast, but also nervous because um, we all talk a lot. So I know this is going to be a long one, but I am joined today by Nick. How, you don't know how tempting it was for me to interrupt you there. I was like, who's going to say something first? <laughs> I almost uh, went, Reet, as well. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when you said long one, I was like, I'm just holding it in. When you've just heard him, I'm also joined by Ryan. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Is this the first, like, proper, proper universe after dark that you've been on? As, I think as a member of the After Dark team, I think it is, yeah. Well, this is a monumentous occasion. Not being no. funny, you've been on part of the team now for seven months. Almost I eight. Know, it's, really, it's really shit on my part, I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to have you take because we've got a super special secret segment with you later. And I'm very excited about it. We also have the return of Paulie D. <laughs> 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 <What? laughs> on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and of course we have Luke. I uh, I just want to say we actually have Rihanna in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's not Ryan. It's Ryan. Rihanna. My my tastes when I'm over in Orlando are very uh, basic white girl. So I, I decided to rebag myself as Rihanna, so <laughs> well, can I just say can I just tell you Ryan's an absolute liar or Rihanna? Right? Because he just said, oh, when I'm in Orlando. No, 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 no. No. Wherever he is in the world, whether that's Disneyland Paris, whether that's Brighton, doesn't matter. That's true. You are basically. That is very true, yeah. Someone actually called me out at at work on a business trip when I was in Manchester last week as well. (laughs) uh, Because I ordered a a mocha frappuccino, which apparently is very basic. I don't know. Well, that makes me basic, so. Yeah. Basic bitches. All right. <laughs> so we've been promising you guys this episode for a few weeks now, and we finally got everyone together so we can share our collaborative effort on showing you guys the best food at Universal Orlando Resort. And I'm excited about this because I feel like we all have different tastes. We all have different dietary needs. Some of us don't ever eat at the park. Some of us freaking love food me and I just eat all day that I'm at the park so I think this is going to be an interesting episode I'm very excited to hear what you guys like or what you guys want to try but before we get into any of that I'm going to start the show like we always do with what we're drinking and Nick I'm going to come back to you first again you're going to have to come back to me because uh, I've just realized I haven't got my beer so unprepared. I, I can tell you what it is. It's uh it's uh, another indie pad out because I'm still going through the, the box of those, but I've got to get it from the fridge. But at least it's gonna be cold. Bye. Well, I'm excited here it is. Okay. Ryan, what are you drinking? I have got a Roni, or as most people call them, a Corona. Oh. I thought you were gonna say a Peroni. Oh no, no, that no, you can't be calling a Peroni Roni. <laughs> I've never heard anyone call a Corona a Roni. <laughs> Yeah, that is. Well, there you go. That, that's. I would say I'm starting the trend, but I'm not. 
I mean, I feel like it's a much more fitting name. It's be- it's amazing. It's just be like, oh, I have a couple of Ronies. Most bar people don't know what you're talking about, but then you can you can have this conversation with them. I feel like they'd be like, she's fucked. Let's get her out. <laughs> you call them. And that's exactly what that's exactly what they say to me. <laughs> call them Ronies. <laughs> yeah. Man, I really left the podcast at the wrong time. More close to Bronies than. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Paulie D, what are you drinking? I'm still on the Jean Van Damme's. What's Does that? Know what that is? No. Cool's cool light. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I light. feel like all of these alternative names are just going to make me beer confused. Be-, <laughs> be confused or beer confused? Beer confused. Oh, okay, yeah. Good. And also be confused. Okay, Luke, what are you drinking? No alternate names, please. This is a. Coca-Cola, and this is for Chris Rip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not here. That wrong open. That is a, I've got to try and replicate that now. Hang on. <laughs> See? Oh. Nice. Uh, that's, that's what Almost, but not quite. What are you drinking, Nick? <laughs> what kind of indie beer is it? It's, oh, no, it's, that's what it's called. It's called um, Brewdog Indie. Oh, I thought like you had a selection of different indies. Oh no, 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 no! It's uh, just a type of brew dog. So ah. um, I'll tell you what, Ryan. I've decided that I might um, record a cover version of uh, White and Nerdy for you using oh. using uh, Ronies. Perfect. Nice. They see Ronies. They hate in. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. I mean, we could we could chuck it in. Customer is always weird. If you want, yeah. Cheap plug for another podcast. Love it. I mean, you guys will have that to look forward to. So enjoy. I'm drinking my usual Bud Light. I was trying really hard not to drink much beer before Ash's wedding because she gets married next week. <gasps> I know. Oh, shit. I'm extra nervous. But I mean, my plan to not drink beer is not going very well. So <laughs> I just thought, frick it. I'll just have a Bud Light anyway. Bud Light. It's light. Yeah. I mean, it's diet. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com. 
the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Indeed. So, there is an awful lot of restaurants I have literally just been trawling through the internet looking at the vast array of restaurants. And it turns out there's 131 places to eat. What? As a minimum what? on the Universal Orlando Resort. So oh, that's damn. hotels, both theme parks, City Walk. It does include things like Starbucks, but still 131 different places to eat on property is crazy. Amanda, do you want to just... Because I mean, I, I was the one that kind of like said that I'd really like to know more about the food in Universal. Mm-hmm. But a quick show of hands around the table that we're not sitting around about <laughs> how many people have eaten at more than five different establishments at Universal. Eaten at more than five. More than five. Okay, I have different ones. Yeah, yeah I have as well, Mister D. Maybe, but not many more. Only maybe a couple more than five. Ryan, uh, if, you, if you include City if, Walk, yeah, does Starbucks count? Yeah, okay, may, maybe I just hit about five. Yeah, I've I've got to say, I think I've hit about five as well. Okay, okay. I mean, if you listen to this podcast a lot, or you've listened since I joined the network many moons ago, you'll know that I'm picky, but I really love eating. And so as hard as I do find it sometimes to eat in theme parks, I find that Universal has the best selection for someone who has my dietary needs because I'm veggie and also has lots of different options for me because I am picky. And I feel like I get questioned a lot on what kind of foods they eat at theme parks. When I go to Disney, I do find it to be a real struggle at Universal don't really tend to have that and Nick you are not eating meat now I'm glad I'm glad you was like I'm not even gonna try and guess what Nick is (laughs) I'm I'm the closest thing I kind of resonate to would be a Segan but but really but really pescatarian I don't eat I have very very small amounts of dairy like if there might be some a trace of milk in something but i don't drink milk i don't eat eggs um i do eat seafood occasionally i'm very similar to that in that i don't like dairy pretty much at all so i won't drink milk in a coffee i won't drink milk on a, on cereal um i wouldn't have like a cooked egg or like eggs by themselves and anything. However, if there's been an egg used in a cake, I'm not too bothered about that. I try not to. I tend to like dairy-free ice cream better. I don't like the taste of milk. Yeah, I'm with Amanda on that as well. So it's not... I try, like, 
a few times a year to cut out dairy and all kinds of animal products altogether. Um, but I don't, I don't like go wild with it and like punish myself over it. I just try and do what I can, but I try to avoid it where possible. But this is going to be the first time that I go to Universal since I stopped eating meat. Yeah. So I think that you're going to be pleasantly surprised now. Years ago, it was just as much of a struggle as I find there is at Disney. And I tended to live on chips when I was on all fries for um, American listeners. Oh, and actually on that note, for anyone that says what the vegans eat, and they just eat grass, fries. Honestly. Fries are vegan. So there you go. Yeah. I'm all the ones I have. Not the ones I have. <laughs> covered in bacon and cheese. Oh, yeah, fully loaded. I'm, I'm willing to help you guys, right? I'm willing to help you out. That's the kind of guy I am. So you have the burger. I'll, you have the bun, the lettuce, the tomato, and the cheese, and I'll have the burger. Oh, thanks, Polly D. Cause in, You're cause welcome. That's, that's the other thing, actually, because although he's not on here tonight, Craig doesn't consider himself to be on a particular like lifestyle diet, but where he does things like, I think he does Slimming World, possibly. Oh, right. And so he doesn't eat bread at all. So when we would go and get, um, so one of the places we ate last time, because I thought it was more fun than what it actually turned out to be, was we went to the Whopper Bar in City Walk, which actually just turned out to be a Burger King. I, th- I thought it was something different. Oh. <laughs> um, but he had, um, I think he had a Whopper, but he had it, with a salad rather than with a bun. There's quite a few places now that'll do a lettuce bun. Yes. Yeah, I know, um, I think Five Guys were the first ones I heard that did that. But yeah, I think a few chains now you can have like, because isn't it like um, almost like an Atkins kind of thing, isn't it? To avoid bread. I think so. I'm not a big bread eater anyway. Not for any reason. I'm just not like super into. I just don't have a lot of bread in my diet. Um, but I, mean, I, I try and avoid carbs as well where I can because with um, type one diabetes, it's a bit of a bitch if you eat a load of carbs. Um, oh, here we go. To, here we your, go. Your go. I, I try and avoid them, but when I'm on a holiday or doing anything that's remotely fun, it goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't so you're going to have an interesting view then on this Ryan being diabetic. You're going to add another layer to this I mean, exploration of food. Potentially, although when I'm on holiday, food donuts is regular. Who cares when we're on holiday? Okay, so I'm going to start this off with a restaurant that I I know that I talk about a lot but I feel like I can just never do it justice of what an absolute gem that this restaurant is and for so many reasons Green eggs and ham I was just about to say that Nick Of course, (laughs) everybody but it's Mythos Islands of Adventure so I fully believe that every award that this restaurant won was deserved I believe that they should hang that banner with pride because I do think that this is one of the best theme park restaurants in the world. It's the best theme park restaurant that I've personally ever been to. It doesn't feel like you're eating in a theme park. So my biggest usual complaint about theme park food is that I'll go to five different restaurants in a park and they'll all be serving the exact same food. It'll all be chicken nuggets, a burger, 
fries and a personal pizza and I'll go to another restaurant themed completely differently and I'll have the same picture menu on the wall and that bothers me however mythos is not like that so in my personal opinion if mythos was a standalone restaurant outside of a theme park I would still 100% make a point of going to it and everybody that I've ever introduced to mythos has thoroughly enjoyed it I've never heard one complaint about it so Bad So I basically, in real life, outside of theme parks, the majority of my diet is made up of Asian foods. It's my favorite kind of food. And I spend most of my time in Thai restaurants or Chinese restaurants, Japanese restaurants. And Pad Thai is my favorite kind of food. And Mythos does a delightful Pad Thai. But it will do Pad Thai for the meat lover. So they'll have chicken in it. They can do it for the pescatarians and just have shrimp in it. They can do it with just tofu for the <sighs> veggies. And they also do it with a gluten-free option. So there is something for everybody at Mythos. Now, I do assume that all of those options are proper egg rather than like some kind of replacement thing. So the Pad Thai noodles are rice noodles. Mm-hmm. And then... So if you were going to have it completely veggie, and I assume that it would be vegan also, but I haven't thoroughly looked into it, but I'm sure that they could make it completely vegan if required. It's just rice noodles, vegetables, and then the peanut sauce. I mean, I do like a pad thai. I freaking love a pad thai. But Mythos is probably the only place on property where pretty much everything on the menu is either already gluten-free or can be made gluten-free. I mean, it's it's one of those places. The first time I heard, I, I heard you say mythos, I thought it was in reference to the fact that it's a myth that green eggs and ham has ever actually been seen. <laughs> because I've never seen that place open. Um, I've been there. I have been there. I've eaten there. What? When green eggs and ham? Yes, I have. The Holy Land. I was a kid it was probably about 15 years ago now but it was amazing oh I'm kind of jealous you know what did you have green eggs and hamburger was it green yeah the egg was green what it was like a fried egg oh on a burger yeah yeah and, and the egg was green and it was amazing what that makes me nervous like you're going to have a, a green pill oh, it, <laughs> yeah, it looks pro- it looks proper odd. Like a century so remember, egg. Yeah, I remember as a kid, <laughs> I was just amazed by this green egg. And then every year since, I've wanted to go back there, and it's never open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very weird. But I'd never really heard of Mythos. And it's one of those places that I'd seen mm-hmm. and just walked right past. Like, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I, I don't eat more at Universal. I think it's... Probably because, I don't know, I don't eat much during the day anyway. Um, and Universal closes quite early. You know what I, when I, whenever I question people about why they don't eat at Mythos, it's usually because from the outside when you're looking in, it looks a little bit fancy. It's a sit-down restaurant. People assume 
that you're going to be in there for about an hour, an hour and a half. Right. And that's not the case. So this is quick, good quality food that just happens to be in a theme park. You can you can take your time though. I think I've eaten, I I ate in there about ten years ago, and it's you, you know it's, you can kind of eat and stay as long as you want, can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like we've ridden out many a Florida storm in there. Oh yeah, good plan. But Hang we've on. also been able to go in and out quickly. Did you, so, Ryan, did you say you could take your tie? <laughs> oh! Zing! <laughs> <laughs> but there is an awful lot of options for people with all different dietary needs. So they have a lot of veggie options. They have things like butternut squash soup. They have things like sushi rolls, which you can get veggie or you can get shrimp ones. They have things like veggie platters where you can get all different kinds of hummus and olives and pita i just think there's a a lot of choice for people and i think no you go ahead i was just gonna say i was quite surprised at the prices because it's not it's not crazy expensive no exactly i think that's another thing that people worry about as well with going in there like because it does look like it's a fancy restaurant people assume that's going to be expensive and it's not i think the pad thai that i usually get is maybe about like 18 or 19 dollars and that's a big seven like if you're going to go in and just get like a small meal you could probably pick something up for about 14 or 15 dollars and when you compare that to maybe the burger and fries that you were going to get around the corner You'd be paying that amount anyway. Yeah. $16.99. I'm looking at house specials. You've got like, you said like shrimp sushi, roast beef paninis, crab cake sliders, blackened fish tacos, Mediterranean chicken salad wrap, meatloaf, salmon, mahi-mahi, and a risotto of the day. I mean, that's not... It is good. That's not standard theme park food, is it? No, no that, that sounds incredible. I remember when I went, and it, I, again, this was about 10 years ago, Donna and I went, Just we just saw it and saw it won some awards, and we weren't overly impressed with it, but that being said, that was 10 years ago, and I think with that menu, I'd be well up for giving this restaurant another go, and I know how many people love it here, so I think, because we're there for three weeks late this year, I think we might have to give it a, a retry. For sure. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Shut the front door, people. Whoa. I've just seen a picture taken in Mythos of a Universal Orlando Resort shaped bit of butter. Yeah, that's that's a very well-known special little thing that they do in Mythos. You can get speciality butter. I'm going to live there. Do you not watch Man and Luke's videos? Yeah, but not like... I don't watch every one. I mean, you should, because then you know about the butter. Yeah, come on. Come I don't on. like butter. Come on, Amanda, come on. How many episodes did I thought you listened to recently? Oh, shoot. Moving on. It goes, it goes both ways. <laughs> but, Anyone. yeah, there's lots of, lots, lots, lots of good things at Mythos. There's also an awful lot of fancy drinks that you can get, lots of cool cocktails, it's fantastic. I will recommend Mythos to everybody until I die or until it gets taken away from me. Like all my other favourite things at the park. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, because of you talking about it so much, I did 
decide that he was definitely somewhere I was going to check out on this trip coming up. For sure. I mean, I think probably every time that me and Luke have been to Islands of Adventure for the past few years, we have eaten at Mythos every day. <laughs> I was going to, to be honest, like looking at, looking at the menu, I probably could eat there every day. Honestly, like we'll wake up in the morning and be like, oh, it's Pad Thai time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've gotten anything else at that restaurant. I've honestly. tried different things, but Pad Thai is 100% my favorite thing. Honestly, if you like if you like Asian food, try the Pad Thai. <laughs> but do you need to do you need to book it or can you just walk? Right, off? you can book it, that, but the only way to book it is to physically go there. Right. And book a table and then come back later on. However, on the day I, or on the day. I don't, I've not tried to do it in advance and I don't think that you can do it in advance, honestly. Um, but Isn't in that all true of the time. Every restaurant at Universal. Is what, sorry? Isn't that true of like almost every restaurant at Universal that you can't yeah. look in advance? Yeah, even places on City Walk, it tends to be that you'd have to go on the day and now, say, hey, I'm going to come back in like two hours. I don't know if this is still up to date. But I'm just looking at it on touring plans, and it does say you can make reservations via the Somato website. Okay, that might be. Well, I might try and do like a dummy booking for that later, and I'll update you on the Facebook page about yeah. it. But honestly, in all the times that me and Luke have been, we've probably had to wait at the longest about twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you can just walk around Lost Continent and then come back, and then your table is ready. But to be honest, that's a rarity. It's most times we can just go straight in and sit down. Yeah. 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 I don't remember waiting. No, I think that the only real time that we waited, and I don't even think that you were there for the waiting. I think that you were coming over to Ireland to meet us and it was really stormy. So me and James were just sat in, but it was packed in the waiting area because people were just trying to get out of the rain. The small area, but they have free water in there. They do. They do indeed. True of most places in Orlando, because isn't it the law in Orlando that they have everywhere has to offer free water? Yeah, it's something like that. I, keep the guess I thought so. I thought so. But that's my favourite place that I feel like everybody can eat at at Universal. And I've also seen it where people with other dietary needs, like allergies have been able to have a little meeting with the chef and the chef will personally prepare something for them that'll cater to their needs. Oh, yeah. That comes to your table, too. Yeah. Yeah. So the chef will come out and he'll discuss with you, like, what you need, what you like, and then he'll do his best to make something for you. I'm going to get him to the table and say, I need lots. (laughs) Make me lots. (laughs) I need this pad thai triple ink. Just how many steaks can you fit on a plate? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I I dare you. That's what I'm going to say. I dare you (laughs) to test me. Yes. So, Nick, I'm intrigued to hear what your favourite place before going veggie was. I'm glad you asked that because that's exactly what I was going to ask Mr. D, except for without him turning veggie. (laughs) Um, I, I really liked the... Um, the fried chicken at the Simpsons. Okay. Um, I can't remember which part that was now at the Simpsons. I'm trying to look up the restaurants actually. What was it? Cletus's Chicken Shack. Right. Um, I had that, and I also liked the Bumblebee Man tacos. Okay, Luke, do you like that? Don't you? Yeah, that place is very, very good. 
But oh, the tacos at Bumblebee, amazing. Yeah. I had, um, what did I have? I think I had steak, maybe, steak tacos. But I'm sure it's the menu recently, and they, there was no veggie option for tacos. I didn't think that there was because I feel like the last few times that we've been and Luke's eaten there, I've been sad because I couldn't have anything. I think they do nachos. Yeah. But I think I, I just got a bag of regular crisps. Yeah. And a Duff beer. But yeah. <laughs> the crisps were to soak the beer up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that was that was mine. So um, you know, I think that that whole that that Simpson area is quite fun, like especially with like the Simpsons, obviously. Um, but I remember last time we went, I, th- I think Craig went to Lisa's Tea House of Horror and got a salad. I was just about to talk about Lisa's because there's an awful lot of veggie options at Lisa's. Yeah, there's lots of salads, lots of sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's probably the best place to go to if you do have a dietary need and you're in the Simpsons area. I'll just go to Mo's. <laughs> we'll just have a liquid diet. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Mr. D, like, is there, like, of the places you've eaten at Universal, is there, is there one that's kind of stuck out for you? Well, I was thinking about, you know, why haven't we, we eaten... In, in some of the table services. The only time we've eaten in table services, I think, is really City Walk, unless you count, like, the Hogshead or the Three Broomsticks. And we ate, we ate in those, but those are, those are really quick service. But we've eaten in Antihitos, and we liked that. thought that was really good. I love Antihitos. Um, yeah. And also, um, oh, what's the uh, Jimmy, who does Jimmy Buffett's Margarita Bill? Yeah. Another solid okay. choice. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't the, the greatest place, but it was pretty solid. It was pretty good. But I was thinking about why why didn't we eat in the theme parks, in the table service? And I think it's because when we've gone to Universal, we usually maybe go for two days or three days at the most. And so to make the most of the time, we tend to do quick service. Mm. Uh, but this time, we definitely want to try at least one of the table service. So Mythos sounds like a good option. But is there a, do you have a favourite, Amanda, in City Walk? I do. So yeah. my favourite in City Walk is Cowfish. Right. So again, I think there's a lot of veggie options in Cowfish. And again, because it's Asian. <laughs> For a restaurant that's called Cowfish, it doesn't sound like a lot of veggie options. It doesn't sound like it, but there's an awful lot of veggie sushi. There's an awful lot of sushi that you can have made veggie. Um, I do sometimes eat shrimp. So there's a lot of shrimp options. And there is veggie burgers there too. Um, but there's a lot of weird kind of... Like, I'm always about trying red foods. Pickles. I love pickles and I love frickles. Like, honestly, every time that me and Luke go somewhere, I'm like, frickles, please. And Luke's like, you're disgusting. What's a frickle? A fried pickle. Oh, right. How can you make a pickle worse? <laughs> Pickles are my favourite food in the whole world, actually. Disgusting. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But you still <laughs> like me, so it's still fine. <laughs> Don't agree with my friends. Even when I have eaten an entire bowl of pickles. Well, look, it, yeah. you know what? It's really good because, like, I'm in a relationship like that. 
um, where it's good to have somebody that will eat the pickles out of whatever you're eating. The olive theory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's the olive theory? It's exactly what Nick said. It was from home at your mother, though. <laughs> it's where it's essentially it's like a similar thing where basically you want to be with someone that will eat the stuff that you don't want to eat. Not the stuff that you don't like. I will always eat fried pickles on your path. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I love you guys too. If you all want to come to Cowfish, I'll eat everybody's fried pickles. Oh, <laughs> uh, not mine. Look, you need to try. Oh, you like fried pickles? I love pickles. Oh my god, have you ever been to Tin Roof? No. Rusted. Oh my life. So Rusted. Tin Roof is a bar that is right next to the Orlando Eye. And it's really okay. cool in there. They do like fun quiz nights and they do like live music and stuff. It's a really, really cool place, but they do the most amazing fried pickles that I've ever had. I will add it to my list right now. 100% I recommend everybody goes to Tin Roof at least one time and it's next door to a bar called Cowgirls which is kind of like Coyote Ugly I don't know if it's still there though because the last time that me and James tried to go there was a huge sign on the door saying that everything was getting repossessed because they hadn't paid the bills Ooh. So, <laughs> a I little bit of cowgirl tea <laughs> I think that's where all the Disney cast members go I also think it is I think it's where um, <laughs> Mickey <think>. Mouse <laughs> But I for sure <laughs> want to do another episode about food where I talk about things outside the parks because I've been to so many cool restaurants on iDrive, near Disney, loads and loads and loads of cool places in downtown Orlando. Yeah, I think oh, I like, think people people don't realise actually that there are a lot of good places to eat on iDrive. I'm not talking Taco Bell and Chili's. Especially now, like since the other end of iDrive has had like a huge revamp down near the eye, there's a lot of very, very cool places to eat and lots of cool things to do. But back to cowfish. Very, very, very enjoyable. Again, mm. sometimes you will have to wait for a little bit, but you can do stuff around City Walk whilst you're waiting, so it's not terrible. But my number one recommendation is that you don't go when the parks are closing. Because once the parks let out, everybody is looking for somewhere to eat. And then it just turns into huge queues of people outside of every single restaurant. So you need to judge your timing accordingly. Check out what times the parks are going to close at and try and go and get sat down before the parks start streaming out with people. That's not a problem for us. We're we're early eaters. We're not late late eaters. So, um, so yeah. What so what in cowgirls for a for a meatitarian? What's uh, you know what what do they specialize in? Is it burgers, steaks, or so I mean, cowgirls or cowfish? <laughs> There's yeah. two very different places. Cowfish. <laughs> 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 so there is a lot of different things that you can have. So what their probably most famous meals are their sushi burgers. Mm. So you can sushi have burgers. little boxes where you'll get sushi and a burger or you can get sushi on a burger. Mm, but okay. there's a lot of different kind of bento boxes that you can get. So one of them, I think it's called just the cowfish mm-hmm. box. And so you'll get a bunch of sushi, you'll get a burger, you get like mini, mini little kind of slider burgers. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a little bit of everything. Um, 
my personal favorite sushi that they do is I think it's called Dion's Oh My God Roll and it's tempura coconut shrimp with mango and avocado and it is delicious if you like shrimp 100% try that sounds good very very nice but they've got loads of fish free sushi as well yeah very 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 nice but they also do just normal burgers so if you're not weird food inclined or asian food inclined you can just get regular burgers (laughs) where um has everyone here eaten in at least one of the Potter restaurants? Yeah. I have not. <gasps> yeah, and I thought it was terrible. Yeah, I've eaten in both of them. Yeah, I, I've eaten in... I had lunch in the Hogshead... Is it the Hogshead? No, what's it called? Three Leaky Broomsticks? Gordon. No, the Three broom, Broomsticks... The Three Broomsticks, which is very easy for me to say, is in... Um, <laughs> Islands. Yeah, yeah, so oh you got the yeah. leaky cauldron, haven't you? Yeah, sorry, so I had I had lunch at the Free Broom Sticks and I had breakfast with Craig in the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah. And he really liked the the cooked breakfast. I thought it was one of those kind of um one of those kind of breakfasts you get when someone's trying to make something English but fails miserably. Yeah. It felt like a it felt like a breakfast that I'd get on a plane. It was oh, just really? awful. Yeah, yeah. Look, the beans, like, I'm not a bean snob. Don't get me wrong, but it, I, I can tell when it's not Heinz. I'm not even like a big Heinz fan, but I'd expect Heinz to be used if you're trying to make like an English breakfast traditional. I um, am a bean snob. Are you? Yeah, I am. Majorly, well. I, I can only eat Heinz beans. See, I'm not yeah. that fussy, but I, you could tell that they were like some cheap knockoff beans. Um, sausages were just average. Oh, sausages, terrible. Yeah, the, the the whole breakfast was just bang average. The bacon was uh, the, the bacon was quite British, but you know it was not the usual kind of streaky bacon we get in America. But what kind of sausages do they do? Do they do like sausages that you'd get on an American breakfast that are like the little tiny sausages, or do they do like proper English sausages? <laughs> they were bigger than breakfast sausages, but they they didn't taste. I, I, from my memory, they didn't really taste like British sausages either. No, they don't. Everything just tasted like an, a, a fake alternative. I see. Now, I don't think that either the Three Broomsticks or the Leaky Cauldron do like veggie versions of anything. I think that's why I, have, I think that the only veggie thing that I saw. I, and I don't even remember which one it was at. I want to say that it was at the Leaky Cauldron was a sandwich. And I'm sure it was like 20 something dollars for the sandwich. And I was like, um, no. And I think it was just cheese. And like, um, oh, what's that? What's that stuff that they put on cheese sandwiches here? It's not like piccalilli. No. So it's regular cheese, but there's some kind of like. Pickle? Mm, it's not called pickle. It's called something else. Chutney. Maybe. Relish. Maybe Relish. it's like brown. Well, marmite. It's not a marmite. I would not be it was marmite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cheese and something. It's kind of like pickle lily, but it's brown. Um, that kind of sandwich. It's not my kind of vibe anyway. But I was like, I certainly don't want to pay like twenty something dollars for it. So 
that's why I haven't eaten at either of them. I don't haven't looked at the breakfast, but I imagine it would be the same kind of thing that there wouldn't be much option. Just looking at the breakfast option. So there's the traditional breakfast. I think I don't know what I had now. I definitely had traditional breakfast because eggs, sausage links, black pudding, English bacon, baked beans, grilled tomato, mushrooms, and breakfast potatoes. Now, we don't do breakfast potatoes in England, so that's not traditional. Um, Is that hash browns? No, it's those little cubed. Oh, yeah, okay, I know what you mean. It's like fried, kind of like fried potatoes with bacon. Yeah. The The American breakfast was scrambled eggs, breakfast potatoes, bacon, link sausage, and a butter croissant. Again, doesn't sound very American to me, but there you go. Um, they do an egg leek and, and mushroom pasty for mm. the breakfast items, which is pastry wrapped scrambled eggs, mushrooms, and leeks. But that's just a bit heavy for me for breakfast, if I'm honest. Too much pastry. So, yeah, there's not much. Uh, there's not much for breakfast really. If you if you don't eat meat, um, even the pancakes have meat. Um, Plowman's is that what you meant, Amanda? Maybe it's, does that have the brown stuff on it? Uh, Branston pickle, yeah, Branston pickle. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, that is you know, that is what you have. Um, yeah, just some weird sandwiches, fish pie, cottage pie, stew, toad in the hole, bangs and mash. But the thing is, like, for me, I'm not one of these people that when I go to any country that's not England wants to have English food. No, but, but then like nothing worse. Americans and and people from other countries will want to have the British food oh. because it's Harry Potter. But I don't know because I haven't tried any of them whether it's like authentically British or not. It's well, pretty. It's a f- quick service version of it, and it, it's not like great, but it's. It's okay, but I think if you know it's quick service, then you don't expect it to be amazing. What's the fish and chips like? We've never had breakfast. Like, has anyone tried the fish and chips? Yeah, we had it. What was that like? Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't wasn't what you call great fish and chips. Not as good as the Rose and Crown, for example, which is which is actually okay. It's not. Not the best, but it's alright. I was just going to ask about the Rose and Crown one because when I look at the Rose and Crown one, I'm like, that is not fishing. Like, I've... I lived in a seaside town in the northeast for many, many years, and obviously that was like mm. super famous for its fish and chips in Whitby. And yeah, yeah, Whitby's I'd fantastic. Look, I'd compare like the Rose and Crown fish and chips to that because obviously yeah, that was all I had to go off. <laughs> you're kind of comparing a, a Ferrari to a blah. <laughs> Wider there, you know what I mean? But if you're ever in England, <laughs> go to Whitby because it's the best. You don't even need to go to Whitby. Yeah. If you go to any, you know, we live quite near Brighton's a town. Yeah, right. I've had really nice fish and chips in Brighton. Um, we live just down the road from South End. We get really nice fish and chips there, and our fish and chips locally isn't too bad either for that reason. Um, but I've had the road. Well, Whitby is good. Whitby, yeah. Normally, both places up north, but. I've had fish and chips and the Rose and Crown, but from the quick serve re- restaurant, the, mm. uh, the the bit on the side, and the Yorkshire, I mean, Yorkshire County or something. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't uh, rate that at all. Oh. No, it was like Long John Silver's or something. Just 
poor version of what we have as fish and chips. So, I mean, the yeah, thing- it's not, it's not. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say, like, it's not, you know, I think with, with all of these things, like, with, especially the Harry Potter ones, you go there because of the theming and you're in that land and you kind of want to go. But you don't yeah. go in there expecting you're going to have, like, a really good meal. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think, anyway. Okay. No. Ryan. Okay. What was your favourite place that you've eaten at? Uh, so I actually really like, uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, Confisco Grill. Right, okay. In Eyes of Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I remember having some really good fajitas in there. Um, really? Yeah. Again, we're going back a few years because most of the time now, I tend to go to Toothsome and have a massive milkshake or Voodoo Donuts, which, okay, let's go back to when I said I was... Diabetic, not the best for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. because I'm usually on the Disney dining plan, usually when I'm at Universal, I have something booked in the evening at Disney Springs. Right. So I, I go to Tucson or, or um, Voodoo and, and kind of have something to fill me up. And those places are amazing and I love them. Uh, when we were at Halloween Horror Nights last year, we went to Hard Rock, which is like classic American. It's good, but I think I'd like to go back to um, Confisco again. I'm just looking at the Fisco menu right now, and there's an awful lot of gluten-free stuff there, too. Oh, nice. They have gluten-free wings. That's interesting. They sell pad thai. Oh, shoot. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting. Yeah, I've never eaten at Confisco Grill, so I think I'm definitely going to add this to my list for this year. Yeah, sure. portobello veggie wrap, portobello mushroom, peppers, onions, hummus. Yes, I'm all about that life. Luke, we've got a new place to eat. <laughs> all right, I've never been there either. Amazing. Popcorn shrimp. Yeah. Yes. What? Yes. Chicken curry chocolate. Wow. Oh, shoot. This looks like another little hidden gem. Yeah. I remember, so it's, again, it must be, I must be going back. Probably the same trip um, about 10 years ago. And every time, every year, Donna and I go, we walk past it, go, oh, damn, we should go in there. But then we've got something booked at Dizzy Springs. But yeah, as I said, we've got, we've got three weeks there this year. We're definitely going to need to eat in a couple of sit down restaurants at Universal. So I think we'll head back there. For I, think, sure. I think that's some of the problem as well, is like for a lot of people, is that when you're going there for two or three weeks, you probably got some version of the dining plan. Now I've talked before about how I've never done the dining plan because I like to just eat what, when I want, where I want kind of thing. Um, and I knew I wouldn't get the best value out of that, but that's another reason because if you've got, if you paid for your dining at Disney already and you go off property for a couple of days, you know that you can just go back to Disney world and you can go and have your dinner for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think which, that plays into great. it as well. hundred percent, which is great, but it's also a shame because really most, most cases, oh, you know, we go to Universal probably three or four days of a two-week trip and pretty much every time we're there, we, we have a quick service or mostly, to be honest, I just go to Tucson and that milkshake fills me up until dinner. That's, That's the biggest problem. 
It's not, it's not having the dining plan. It's it's just too much good food. Yeah. yeah. It's uh calls for a tactical chunder, I think. <laughs> yeah. Usually I just have those on a Friday night, but maybe I should consider it for Universal. Yeah. I mean, my plan for next year, hopefully it'll pull off, is to go to Universal for the week. Huh. Family. And do, you know, days with them and then um, stay on for a couple of days to do Halloween Horror Nights at the end of the trip. Um, but that means, you know, when if we do that, we are not going to Disney at all. We will just be doing Universal. So therefore, we will be, you know, eating either on property or, you know, in City Walk, possibly, possibly I drive, um, which I think makes a big difference. Yes. I think so, there's some fantastic restaurants at Universal that I've just missed because of the way I booked my holiday, which I think I'm looking forward to changing this year. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've been on trips before for two weeks where I've only been to Universal. The last few times I've been in like April or May, I've been for like maybe 10 or 11 days and done one Disney day and spent the rest of my time there. And because I stay on site, I'll have all of my meals at Universal. And that's why I've tried so many different restaurants and I have a lot of different favourite meals at different restaurants. Um, but as well, I don't find it to be all that expensive for the quality of food that you get. I think they've definitely changed it up in the last few years too. I think the quality of it has definitely improved. I remember the first time that we went in 2007 and the first thing I noticed was how many places you could buy turkey legs. Yes. <laughs> it felt very much like you was at Disney, um, which, by the way, for anyone that's never eaten one, they are the worst thing you've probably ever put in your mouth. And I've, <laughs> eaten, I've eaten potpourri, so. I completely disagree <laughs> with that, by the way, just saying. Well, some people do, but you also like frickles, so. Um, oh. Well, 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 well. Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what we did notice as well is that, like Amanda said earlier, a lot of the places we did look at to see if we might want to go and get something to eat later on had very similar menus. Now that's probably because of where we was looking, because I think when you're talking about it, like we are now um, and why this is good to have an episode like this is that you do start looking at places that you probably ignore, like Capisco grill, never heard of it. Walk past it, never noticed it. Like I can see where it is on the map. I've never paid attention to the building. I just thought it was a shop or something. <laughs> um, Mythos, again, didn't even really realise it was a restaurant. Just thought it was a, a shop, so I walked past that. Um, it um, has a giant sign outside that says voted number one theme park. Yeah, but you've got, to, you've got to look <laughs> yeah, at the sign. You know. 2004, whenever it was. I need to it update that sign. every year. <laughs> but, you know, we were like walking around San Francisco area and Amity. And around there, a lot of places dead and, you know, it may have changed a little bit, but it was burgers and chips, burgers and chips, burgers and chips. Mel's driving, you know, similar kind of menu. It, it seemed like everything was focused around burgers and chips. And that was 2007. So it may have lent more heavily on that, but I think it's definitely more apparent now that there is more variety available. For sure. And just going back to the the San Francisco slash old amity area there is actually a very fancy seafood restaurant there called lombard seafood grill 
And I don't know if anyone's ever been inside of it, but it's delightfully fancy inside. And again, does very, very good theme park food that should probably not be in the theme park because it's so good. Um, but a lot of seafood. So they'll do things like surf and turf. They'll do a lot of shrimp dishes, a lot of pasta and shrimp dishes. And again, that's pretty cheap. Like I think that you can get the surf and turf for about 20 something dollars, like 23, 24 dollars. They, um, they do a lobster roll, Ryan. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. I've just, I've just listened to I've just listened to you talk about lobster. In fact, you know what? I was going to propose to you. Actually, we should go to Lobster Burger in London. You're going to propose uh, to us. <laughs> I'm proposing. If you're proposing to, to me there, Nick. I'm saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, Luke. I want to hear what your favourite restaurant is. Um, honestly, I would have to say Breadbox at City Walk. Really? I'm a, I'm a sandwich guy. And that, uh, what's it? The brisket they have there is top notch. I've never heard of this place. What? It's, a, it's kind of like above where Voodoo is now. If you go up those stairs to the left. Yeah. Yeah, it's right that kind there. of hidden bit of SeaWorld, which doesn't yeah. seem to know whether it wants to have places to eat or places to get ink. Yep. <laughs> Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> eat while you get inked. Yeah, true. But yeah, that place is pretty low priced, and it's the sandwiches are huge. I know so, that you and James ate there quite a lot last year. Yeah, I love I love that place, and they got like buffalo chicken sandwiches. They got grilled cheeses. Oh, uh, that sounds amazing! Egg salad sandwich. Got a whole bunch of stuff. Good times, good times. So I just want to, before we move on to Ryan's special segment, I just really want to touch on one of my other favourite restaurants um, because they've just recently changed the menu over. So I quite often talk about how I love the Classic Monsters Cafe, not only because I'm in love with the theme and of it, obviously, um, but because I really enjoyed the giant pizza slices that they do. But they've recently changed the menu entirely. I don't believe that they even do pizza there anymore. Ooh. Which makes oh. me a little sad. But I've still got Lou's for pizza, so it's not terrible. But now they have themed meals. So there's no much yet, Nick. But I mean, it could come. You never know. They do have French fang fries, though. What? I did not hear about this. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you all about the menu then. OMG. So, everything is themed now. So, they have things like a Black Lagoon salad, Franken mac and cheese, coffin cornbread, swamp coleslaw. So, really, Monster Mash does deserve to be there, not yet. So, they've introduced a new vegan meal, which is called The Mummy. And you can either get it as a combo or you can get it as a platter. And it is a vegan slow-cooked jackfruit. So it's going to be kind of like a pulled pork-esque kind of burger. Yep. And it is with crispy onions and slaw and a kaiser roll. I'm not too sure what a kaiser roll is, but I imagine it's like a brioche. Um, it's, no. it's, it's a type of bread. It's a type yeah. of bread roll. Almost, It's almost one of those bread rolls that's a, a little bit more crusty and it's got a kind of... Yeah twist it's the only way i can kind of describe it in the in the top of the bun 
Yeah, it's almost like a like long and pointed on the ends, and like Nick says, it's a bit crusty. Yeah. Okay. Well, they have that, and then the combo version of that will come with either a peach cobbler or a watermelon. Oh, they do have pizza still. Okay, so it's called the flying saucer. Is the cheese pizza? So I'm still happy about that. They have the Wolfman, which is wood oven barbecue chicken pizza. They have the supernatural sides, which is three sides, cornbread of cornbread, three sides and cornbread. I don't know what sides that means. I'm guessing it's just like you can have the fang fries, the swamp coleslaw and the black lagoon salad. Um, you have the invisible man, which is beef brisket, crunchy slaw, bread and butter pickles on Texas toast. I love if they just gave you a, like an empty plate. There it is. There it is. Twenty dollars, please. Amazing. They have the classic three, which is three meats and two sides, or they have the perilous pair, which is two meats and two sides. So I'm super excited to try this new menu, and I'm very, very glad that they've themed it. Yeah. So Luke, I feel like we have to do an entire video of trying everything. You'll have to try all the meat options. I'll try all the veggie options. Yeah, one of everything, please. So yes. just, I've just got two other things I wanted to mention before we go We go off. So I know there's been a lot of talk recently about them um, having Impossible Burgers. Is it Impossible Burgers or Moving Mountains? It is Impossible Burgers. Okay. So where are they available on property? So you can get them at Aventura. So that is in the Urban Pantry. So you can get that with I think it comes with like peppers and stuff with it um that's really 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 good we tried that last year when we were staying there they also do it at Mel's and they do um a chicken which is chick apostrophe and so fake chicken with vegan cheese sandwich mm. And their burger isn't an actual Impossible Burger. It's a Beyond Burger. So Impossible and Beyond are the two kind of biggest meat-free burgers in America right now. And I've tried both Impossible and Beyond, and they're both very, very good, but very different to each other. I do prefer the Impossible Burgers. I think my favourite Impossible Burger that I had last year was the one that was at Epcot Food and Wine Festival, so I really hope they bring that back. But the Aventura one is definitely worth trying. Even if you do eat meat, it's such a nice bit. And oh. I don't really remember a lot about... I haven't eaten meat since I was 13, basically. So it was a very long time ago. But I do remember that whenever I would eat meat when I was in the heat, it would make me feel like super groggy. Whereas like Impossible Burgers are a little bit lighter and you don't really feel like that after you've eaten it. So it might be worth trying it just to deal with the heat. We've, uh, can I just say, sorry. no, go on, Ryan. Can I just say, as Epcot's number one fanboy, the impossible, the impossible burger is back this year. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm excited. I had um, in in over here. We get a lot of places that sell the moving mountains, which is another kind of rival to those two burgers. And before um, my wife, my wife's no, my, sorry, let me start again. My wife. Uh, before she also decided to go vegetarian, she tried a bit of my burger that I had when we was eating out one day, and she was shocked at how similar to a beef burger it was. And she was oh, eating really? it at that time. Yeah. I mean, I thought it did anyway, but 
I had not eaten meat for a while at that point. So I think they're good. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention, and this is just because it came up when um, me and Craig were there last time, is we had uh, the universal dining plan. Mm-hmm. There. Now, there's two... I don't know, Amanda, if you've, have you ever been tried to sell a dining plan when you've booked a holiday over here? No. So I think the, the main dining plan is more aimed at US uh, travellers. Yeah. I don't think they really focus on it in the UK, but um, you can get the, the quick service option um, when you go and eat in Universal. Now, I, I knew nothing about it, and it was only because we were having breakfast at the Three Broomsticks that the... Uh, server when we was paying said oh do you want to upgrade instead to this quick service plan and it's 23.99 plus tax for adults 15.99 for kids uh valid at most quick service eateries in the park including as i said the the harry potter places um and it gives you a meal uh, a drink and a snack two snacks oh two drinks sorry and a snack. So it, it, it saves you a bit of money. I think it saves you about maybe 15%, 20% on what you would necessarily pay if you bought those things separately. Obviously, it depends on what you buy, you know, using that. Because, you know, if you've gone for like a cheap breakfast, then, then not necessarily. But I think our breakfast was about eighteen ninety nine anyway or something. So for like an extra $5, we got some drinks and some snacks. so it's something that they don't really that was the first time i'd ever heard of it first time anyone ever tried to sell it to me um but if you go to quick service place and you ask for it they will sell it to you if your server hasn't recommended it to you so um it's just something to bear in mind really and you can do that during halloween horror nights too yes so that's interesting. I mean, they say it can save you up to 30% on the Universal website. But again, that's that's a little bit, you know. Well, if you're going to get the freestyle souvenir cup included. You have to pay extra for the freestyle. It's an extra okay. $6. Well, that's not terrible because I think isn't it about $10, maybe a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it was about $12. Yeah, so, I mean, that's still good. Yeah. It's still good. So you can get the dining package included if you buy a, a Universal Lander package. So I assume that's if you're going to buy it through the website. Yeah, I think that's if you're buying your hotel and tickets altogether through the website. I see. I see. Definitely worth looking into. But yeah, quick service is available to all. So you don't have to. You can buy that if you're if you're not um the the dining plan they offer you which gives you a quick service and a sit down uh is about 50, just over 50 dollars so it it can be i suppose a good deal but you would definitely want to make the most of it you'd, you'd want to go and have a decent meal at um Lombardo's or something for that so just mm-hmm. but that's if you can you can have it if not quick service if that should kind of jam save you a few quid that's another blue moon at Halloween Horror Nights. So. It is indeed. <laughs> it is. Okay, so does anyone want to say anything else about dining before we move on? No? Okay, nah. so... Very, very recently, 
our Ryan went along to the Halloween Horror Nights media preview event in the UK. And I was very, very excited for you, Ryan. Oh, man, I was so excited to attend as well. It sounded I, like it was fantastic. It was so cool. And I, I, I felt like Dan and I were the, like some of the only people in the room that actually really appreciated what was going on as well. There's like, you had a lot of general press there, which is fine, you know. But like, we were super excited to hear more about some of the houses that they'd already announced. Um, and as, as well as hearing about Killer Clowns for the first time as well. Yes. So I feel like in recent years, whenever I'm looking at like the media that I go into the event, it's things like cruise magazines or like mum's blogs. And I'm like, this is not, if I was universal, this is not the kind of people that I'd want to be coming to push my event. Yeah. And and it's interesting. I had a conversation with one of the guys at Universal um, and he was kind of saying not to dissimilar things to that. So I think they're starting to catch on to getting some theme park um, bloggers and press over to these events. Those are the people that have the fans actually listen and will take that, their advice on board rather than just say the sun who are just reporting on it for the sake of it. Cooey! 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 I mentioned the show. I mentioned the show. And, and they wrote it down as well. So <laughs> good. But because honestly, it does. It's not even the fact that I think that like I do believe that pod like podcasts and and theme park blogs should be inviting things. They are at the US media preview events, so I don't see why they shouldn't be mm. at the UK media events. But I feel like if you're not going to invite blogs and podcasts who spend their time discussing the events and discussing the theme parks and pushing this out to people then you should at least be inviting a media presence that is going to have a little bit of power with pushing it like I don't read a lot of newspapers but I have never seen any major coverage of universities or Halloween Horror Nights in anything like a newspaper no and I think the other thing is that most I think most bloggers and theme park press are, are actually based in like Orlando or California. Um, so I think that's a, the problem that obviously they've got. And I think now you're starting to get more of a UK presence. So, uh, which is, which I think is great. So yeah, we went along to that. We, um, we got to meet Shorty from Killer Clowns, yes. which is really cool. Um, obviously we, we did see him last year, but we couldn't get a photo last year for some reason. Uh. It was, you know, you know how they're being, you know, you don't want to like, annoy them too much and there's mm-hmm. loads of people going up to them so yes. we didn't manage to get a photo last year but this they specifically put on shorty for people in the event and i would say 90 percent of the room didn't want a photo or didn't even want to say hi what so yeah yeah <laughs> this is um, what i mean <laughs> yeah and then the, the the first guy who's kind of a reasonably big youtuber that we met at, um i think it was january or february's event he took a selfie and we were like, can he, can he do that? Is that allowed? Cause we weren't supposed to talk about it. Bearing in mind, this is like four days before the announcement, but he did it. So we were like, ah, screw it. Um, <laughs> so I kind of had to, had to keep that to, to myself for a few days. Um, but it was amazing. Yeah. We saw a lot of detail about what's coming to the houses. I think especially stranger things and ghostbusters 
was really cool. So we saw inside the houses, they're still under con- uh, construction. Amazing. Um, yeah, so like uh, the, um, is it Tales of the Yukon? Did I miss saying that right? The Yeti, the Yeti house. Yeah. So that is the terror of the Yukon. So you saw inside of the house? Ryan is been abducted his, by the Yeti. His mic is... Oh, there he goes. Bye. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to be here to tell us all this stuff. Be in the Yukon. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to make up what Ryan saw because I imagine that this house is going to be one of the scariest houses this year. I do it in his voice, though. Oh, I can't, I'm not, you know I'm not good at impressions. Yeah, she can't be that, that girly, to be honest. No. No, I'm too much of a tomboy. But I do honestly believe that this will be the scariest house that we've had announced so far. I think an yeah. unannounced as of yet house will be the scariest. But, oh, here he is, Ryan. Rihanna's back. <laughs> is he actually? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you saw inside of the Yeti house, is that what you said? I saw, I've seen inside every house they've announced so far. Uh, um, amazing. Yeah, but so starting with the, the Terror of the Yukon, that house is like only just started construction. <laughs> so they, sh- they showed us inside uh, a log cabin and you could see it was still being built. It, it looks amazing so far, but that was probably the, the house with the least amount of progress attached to it. So you could see like sawdust was still everywhere, that kind of thing. Um, but it was still really cool. I would say Ghostbusters, we saw a lot of. So we're going to have um, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, of course. His mm-hmm. face is going to be digitally projected on. What? Okay. Uh, they showed us like a pre-render of that. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. Really, really, really cool. So we're also going to have the library from the movie. That's going to be featured. The firehouse obviously is going to be there, um, including um, prompts that are oh, J- Jeanette, Janine, Janine. 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 So Janine's going to be sat behind the desk and she's going to be pressing buttons that set things off. Um, and if they get a ghost, that will go off and the whole thing will start flashing. So that sounds really cool. Uh, yeah, uh, Slimer is going to be in the maze as well. Did they say how they're going to do Slimer? Um, I think it's some kind of puppet and also projections. Amazing. I'm pretty sure that's what they said because they've made Slimer. So I think we're going to get a mix of um, kind of physical and projections. Fantastic. Because yeah, I was thinking about this, like, because I heard, I listened to your episode, your mini episode the other day, yeah. and I thought they'd be missing a trick if they didn't try and do some kind of like Pepper's Ghost style effect where Slimer comes flying towards you. Yeah, that's got to happen, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. They didn't say that, that, but they showed us the model that they, like almost like the clay model they'd made originally for Slimer. So like we haven't seen the final product by any means. Yeah. Um, But we saw what, what they were kind of heading towards, which is really cool. Um, basically, they just come out of uh, Anstine. And they said the, the terrific smell of um, this year is most likely to come from 
Nightingale's blood pit. Mm. Um, there's a room where basically a Roman soldier has his intestines out, and that, that room is going to be pretty stinky, apparently. Oh, wow. I think that's definitely seen... going to be the goriest house of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, the... Craig Lucas getting his intestines out. I mean, that's probably a bit of danger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, the room that we saw from that house it was pretty much finished and it looked gory as hell. Oh, really? I'm excited. Yeah, see, so, I'm not I, I'm not a gore fan, so it's the house that I'm least looking forward to so far. Uh, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, so what else did we see? Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So you saw inside of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Very, very quick shot of, of the maze, yeah. Um, we're bring, they're bringing back kind of the guest interaction, uh, interactions, so you'll be able to hit a button and something will happen. Fantastic. Which is awesome. I mean, I say bringing it back. I mean, they're making it a thing with, for this house. Um, so that sounds really cool. Obviously, you've got going to have the, the circus tent is going to be the, the main draw of that house. Um, I'm partway through watching that movie for the first time, so oh. it's. I, I just watched it for the first time, and as I said to Amanda, like I almost feel like a bit like when I first watched The Goonies at like 22. I feel like this film should have been part of my childhood, and I hate that it wasn't. Um, um. But I love all the the set design and uh, the effects, the characters. Um, all the all the kind of like um, cheesy sci-fi things, like the revolving doors and and all that, <laughs> love it all. So I cannot wait to see what they do this house now. For sure, I think Killer Clowns is one of my favorite ever films. I think when I like it, it was part of my childhood, and because I was a weird child, and I just kept that weirdness as I got older. Um, but I think. I spoke about it a bit, a little bit when we did the interview with John Mazzari last week and I spoke about it a little bit on the video that I put out about the announcement that I feel like this film has always deserved a house and I'm just so happy that it's going to get its chance. I mean, they were so excited by this one and um, the the directors, the, the the brothers were over the moon with what they've seen and they said they were so excited they i think the phrase they used were they would shoot the sequel in the house um, <laughs> amazing i mean that is quite the compliment to halloween horror and its creative team 100 percent, yeah it's also quite possible as well because you do notice that there's not many locations they use in that film they do it very well don't get me wrong it's a low budget film but um yeah i i I cannot wait for this now. <laughs> really, really <laughs> excited. I think the thing is, like, obviously, this and Ghostbusters, you've you've potentially got two almost comedy houses because I don't think Killer Clowns is really a scary film, mm. but I think they're both going to really work, and I think it will draw in. I think those houses will draw in a different audience to what um, is, is used to being at Halloween Horror Nights. I honestly believe that Ghostbusters is going to be a lot scarier than what people are thinking. I I think based on what I've seen, I will. I think it's going to be the perfect mix of um, classic Ghostbusters, and there's definitely going to be some some good jump scares as well. Um, without um, spoiling it too much, um, there's going to there's going to be a good mix. But I think 
um, Killer Clowns, yeah, they were they are very very excited by, it. and they were saying that I think the scare zone last year was their most um, photographed scare zone ever. Amazing, and I but definitely so, believe that because again, when we were talking with John last week, and he was talking about how many people he'd made friends with from them going over and seeing the Killer Clown scare zone, and how much time people would spend in there. And you would see people spending their entire night just in that zone. And I personally have never seen such a popular scare zone in all of the years that I've been going. It was such a blast every single night. And the scare actors that were in there were incredible. And you've seen a few scare zones yourself, haven't you? I have seen a fair few. A fair few indeed, but I think I was slightly worried when it was announced last year and they had said where it was going to go, and I was like, oh God, that's going to be a nightmare in that area, but it actually worked really, really well, and I would love nothing more than to have a house and a scare zone. I'd love it if we had a scare zone leading up to the house. I know that's not what we're going to have this year, but I would love that. The more Killer Clowns, the better. Whereabouts was Killer Clowns last year? So it was near Starbucks. So as you're heading into the San Francisco area. So a bit like where they had the, was it Invasion the year before? It was a little further down towards Transformers. Right. So it was a very small scare zone, but still worked very, very well. Hmm. I do think that they'd be missing a trick not to have a meet and greet with some of the killer clowns. It's a shame that we're probably going to miss that. I don't know whether they're going to have them this year in Scare Actor Dining. I imagine not because I, I imagine that they don't have many of the costumes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like knocking food over as they're walking by. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't, pretty short, he's pretty short. It might be the true. only one you can get away with. But I mean, that's the one that we met, and um, there wasn't it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I think any other clown, you, yeah, you, you're going to be losing a fair few beers and diet cokes. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, man, like we said this, didn't we, on on the last episode after the in- interview, we were talking about this, and I think the fact that they have got this going to both coasts, I'd imagine they've probably made more suits than we know. Yeah. I'd be but- very. I mean, did they have last year the the kind of parade? Is you not? Not a parade, but like the as you walked into uh, the park, did they have that kind of section at the front where they had people from the different houses? So that's the opening scaremonies. Yeah. Oh no, you're no right. Okay, so they didn't have a scaremon like that last year. They had one the year before, which was Alters of Horror. Yeah. Um, so they had different people from the different areas in and the different houses in that so they didn't have that last year last year was the harvest right okay so that's not something that they do every year I've been unlucky then because I've seen it twice <laughs> the, they have opening scaremonies which is when the parks open of Halloween Horror Nights where they do a kind of show and they'll sometimes have people from different scare zones right doing that but I think they should they should try and get the most out of these costumes. And I think having having them around the park somewhere where you can take pictures with them again would be ideal because people love them. And obviously you're not going to have that opportunity if they're in the house. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they managed to ship one all, all the way over to London. So 
hopefully they've made a fair few this year. Exactly. So I want to hear about Stranger Things. So Stranger Things, I'm going to get to in a minute. I, first, I'm going to cover off Universal Monsters. <gasps> okay. Ah. So we saw uh, the, the entrance to the house. Right. Um, which is going to be in kind of like a... Uh, a graveyard and we were told that each monster is going to get their own dedicated portion of the maze yes yes so yeah that house is is coming along really nicely and it looks amazing so that is the house that i'm the most excited about this year yeah see i wasn't that excited but when they showed it to us it looks pretty cool like i have to say it looks really because i wasn't sure how they would make it work is why I was like, oh, oh, there's a lot of monsters here, um, and they were saying, look, they were they were thinking about not doing it because there's so many monsters to fit into one house, but they kind of figured out a way of doing it. And and he was saying, I think it was Patrick, he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, they they could have easily done a, a Dracula house and just call it a day, but they thought, okay, maybe we can actually make this work. I mean, I feel like if anybody can make it work, it's the Universal Creative Team. Yeah, they've got a good team. Specifically, Orlando. Ooh. N- nothing against the Hollywood <laughs> team. I just, I just know that the, the Orlando team are very, very good at what they do. And they're very yeah, passionate yeah. about what they do. And I know that a lot of them are very passionate about Universal Monsters, as well as passionate about Killer Clowns. So I believe that they are going to do a fantastic job of all the houses this year. Oh, I think they will. Uh, the last one before Stranger Things is Depths of Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed us the inside of that. They're going to be using, um, again, I think a little bit of a, a mix of practical and screen-based effects, as you'd imagine, because we're underwater. Um, but that house, I think, is probably going to be my scariest because I don't particularly like the the thought of being trapped underwater. So it, that one's coming along really nicely. They, they kind of went into a bit of detail uh, about the monsters that are going to be in the maze, but I can't remember the names of them because we weren't really allowed to take photos or make many notes so i'm going off of memory alone okay so did you get to see the facade of the depths of fear house no we only we we saw we saw one room on the on the inside of the maze okay i mean i know it's not going to be the same but obviously my favorite of 28 was uh deep is it called deep waters dead waters Deadwaters. So because that was my favourite, I'm kind of looking forward to this one as well, even though I know it's, it is a different theme. Yeah, so this one's kind of like you're in an underwater, I don't know, it almost felt like an underwater like sci-fi station. So you, you're kind of like going through these walkways that are like underwater. It looks like some of the doors are a bit rusted and it's, things are leaking. They've it's got flowing water in the house. It's like a drilling yeah. station or something, isn't it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, but they've got water that, that actually flows through the house as well. Wow. Um, which is pretty cool, yeah. So what? They kind of mentioned, what? Yeah. <laughs> how? Uh, they how? Mentioned, how? I think you're walking, so you're walking down a, a corridor, and on like the left, I want to say, they've got like water flowing past. Um, okay, that's, so w- didn't they do... Luke, I feel like you'll remember oh, this. The Walking Dead. Yeah, but yeah. then it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was like, I feel like we walked in the middle, but then they had like pools on either side. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I want to say it's going to be. I'm imagining that this is going to be like outpost 31 of the thing, but underwater. Yeah, it's a deep sea mining base. The monsters are called Mouth Brooder. That's the one, yeah. Amazing. I yeah, feel like so this house, house gets cool. forgotten about quite a lot, but I think it's going to be extra scary. Yeah, I, this is the one that I'm looking forward to going in the least at the moment. In the best um, way. <laughs> in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. And then before Stranger Things, the, the last thing that we learned is Universal confirmed 10 houses and two shows. Ooh. Well, oh, for oh, those oh. that listened to, in fact, not going to spoil it. If you haven't listened to the Drama Zari interview we did, go and listen to it because something very, very interesting was alluded to in that interview. And I feel like people are missing out by not listening to it because it's some secret knowledge. Mm, and that's all I'm going to say about that. So, so yeah, that was, the, that was the detail. Two shows confirmed um, and ten houses. So we've got, what, three more to be announced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really cool. And then lastly, Stranger Things, which is the whole how the house that got me into Halloween Horror Nights last year for the first time, is obviously back, covering off seasons two and three. Confirmed scenes that I've seen are underneath the pumpkin patch from season two. Yes. Demidog Demidogs are going to be featuring heavily. Yes. And Starcourt Mall will be featured. Yes. With one of the biggest creatures that the Universal team have ever built. Oh, dang. Amazing. This is the creature that I am the most excited to see out of any of the houses, out of anything that's at the event this year. Probably anything that I've ever been hyped about for Halloween Horror Nights. I am excited about this giant mind fire. It looks awesome, yeah. Uh, we saw like concept art rather than the final, um, the final room, but it looks amazing. I think they're still working on it um, at the minute. Okay, so how are they going to do it? What is it going to be? It looks like you're walking in underneath it, so it's going to be above you. <gasps> That's what it looks like. I'm excited. And it's a physical? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, I believe they're going to be operating it with several puppeteers. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. Luke, prepare to wait for a very long time every night. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, so I'm only going for two nights because that's that that's all that we're out there for because we don't arrive until late October. Um, but I've already booked Express for one of those nights. Fantastic, nice. fantastic. But yeah, it's a really cool event. We got some um, some merch as well. Uh, one a pin of which I'm going to be sending to you. I'm so excited. Amanda. I also got a Universal Monsters um, uh, tumbler. Which is really cool. Like a, um, one of the... Tervis. You know, the, yes, the Tervis, yeah. We've got one of them. And and a giant cuddly unicorn for, from Harry Potter oh. for some reason. Nice. Did you get any kind of sneak peek at any merch? No. Oh. All we saw was the final logo, which is um, very Stranger Things-esque. Mm. And you can probably see it actually... I might post a photo of Dan and I where you can see it in the background. If it's not been revealed yet, I don't know. Amazing, amazing! It sounds no, like it was no, a fantastic no, night. Oh, it was really cool, yeah. And they got us um, suitably drunk. <laughs> That's so, always a good time. Yeah, 
Well, I say us, me. I mean, Dan doesn't. <laughs> you had champagne? Yes, I will. <laughs> fantastic. I but think yeah, they're honestly, a lovely team as well. They are. Like, they're really, they're really fantastic. Fun. And they're so, they're just as much fans of these films and these TV shows and this event as what we are. And I think that really, really shows in everything that they do. 100%. I don't know if yeah. any um, if any fellow listeners went along to any of the annual pass holder Q and A's last year with the creative team. I did sneakily record the Q and A session and upload it, so it's in our podcast files. If you want to go back and listen to it, but you can hear just how enthusiastic they are about what they do, and like this is not a job to them. This is their absolute passion. And it really oh, does 100%, 100%. Yeah, it really does. Um, I, I, annoyingly, like as soon as Patrick finished his talk, he was just bombarded by a couple of people. Um, oh. So I didn't get the chance to speak to him, but I did speak to a couple of the the other guys who organised the event. Um, I learnt a few bit nuggets of information, which I definitely, definitely cannot say on the show. <laughs> um, I've been given the okay to, to say the small bits that we learnt about Halloween Horror Nights, but let's just say there was there was talk about some future plans i see so speaking of future plans there is a very 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 exciting announcement happening next thursday well this thursday that may or may not be what i'm referring to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so today universal tweeted out that something epic is coming and they are going to be doing a announcement on Thursday afternoon and I am so epically excited about it. It's obvious what it is though, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Hobson Shaw overlay to Fast and Furious. Of course. Oh, please. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Amanda, can, Amanda can, you know, watch the, um, the, the launch as it goes off. I'll be sat in the cinema watching Hobson Shaw in glorious IMAX. So I am actually going to be getting tattooed at the time that the announcement happened. So I was like, I'm going to take my laptop with me and I'm going to be doing all my research and doing all my little posts about it as it's happening because I cannot miss it. What time is it UK time? I haven't seen it actually. I believe that it is at, I think, four o'clock UK time. Cool. So I think 11 US time. I want to say, well, you um, Florida time. It's very, very exciting. I think that we've all been waiting for a very long time to hear details about this fourth park. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wait, let's, let's, I mean, assuming that's what it is. No, it is. <laughs> Game of Thrones. I mean, it has to be. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, the thing Game is, it's a long time. It's going to be, it's going to be, because as you can see from the teaser image today, there is a new logo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very similar to, not very similar to Islands of Adventure, but that kind of scad of things. So it's going to be what it is. And it's going to be called Epic Adventure or Epic World or something of those types. You know, it's, we, we, we already got drips and drabs. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we don't get the Walking Dead themed area that's being rumoured today. Um, but uh, only a few days to find out, and I cannot wait. And I suppose, Amanda, when are we recording? I suppose we're we'll recording Thursday evening. 
Oh dear, I better clear my diary. <laughs> yes, uh, you had. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm absolutely game for that. I don't I, I really I, I don't want to wait on this. I wanna get something done as quickly as possible because I'll be extremely excited. So for sure. And with this announcement coming on Thursday, I'm unsure about whether we'll actually receive a Halloween Horror Nights announcement this week. But if we do, I imagine it would most likely be tomorrow and it would most likely be scare zones and shows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or, or possibly mm. Wednesday rather than because that's only a day earlier than normal, isn't it? Mm. Wednesday, but yeah. yeah. I mean, one so thing I that like we know, one thing we know is coming to this new park is Nintendo, right? That's the thing that we 100% are all, can all agree on. Mm, well, Game of Thrones and Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Ryan, I've been yeah. saying I've been saying Game of Thrones for like the last four years. And I don't even like the bloody thing. It's done. It's finished now. Move on. I never watched we it. We will say Game of Thrones until there is a legitimate Game of Thrones area of a theme park. Come on, Ryan. It fits right in a wheelhouse, a franchise that's already dead. Yeah, I suppose you're right, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely going to be Nintendo. Uh, Imagine if it was not the fourth park. Imagine it was like, hey, you know it's really epic? Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's that would cool. be incredible. <laughs> Maybe it's it would cool. be like that Halloween Horror Night sweepstakes all over oh again. <laughs> it could it could be like um, Universal's epic throwback, and it could be all you know full of franchises that you forgot they did. Um, but you know what? What would be the, the the biggest thing they could do for me is they could announce they're putting Jaws back where it belongs. That's not happening. Yeah, I don't think they're going to take out Diagon Alley. No, oh no, no, sorry. What I meant, I meant <laughs> oh. like it, it belongs in a theme park. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, Diagon Alley's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> if they could, uh, if they can make a, a, a newer version of, of Jaws, I'd be all for that. In the words of Indiana Jones, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> oh my God. So you and your frickles. <laughs> Can't believe okay. I've got off you in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the episode. So we will be back in just a few days with very, very exciting <laughs> announcements. Two weeks ago, we were like, really sorry, everyone. Um, we're not putting out a new episode because, frankly, there's not enough stuff to talk about. And we're on the cusp of releasing three episodes in seven days. I mean, we are how we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to say. But please come back and listen. And also, please, please, please go and listen to the John Mazzari interview because it was my favourite interview that I've ever done. It was fantastic. Filled with so much information and so many cool bits. Like, please go and listen to it if you haven't already. Even if you're not a Halloween Hornets or a Killer Clowns fan, John Mazzari is such a good guy and he's so talented. It deserves to be listened to. And I am in the process of editing the video version of the podcast you'll get to see all of our faces oh no in full yeah <laughs> yeah all of us in our sweaty glory because of the podcast with john mazari <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled for that anything else that you guys want to throw in really quick no mm, uh, okay so we'll see you guys in a few days we love you thanks for listening goodbye goodbye thank you bye Bye.
I just want to say, you mentioned how talented he was, and yet this podcast has both me and Chris Ripley on it at times. I just... I mean, you guys both are very talented. If you do say so yourselves. Well, you I know, have... John Mazzari. I have to. I have to. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-R-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support.